Section twenty six of Bits About Home Matters by Helen Hunt Jackson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section twenty six The Fine Art of Smiling. Some theatrical experiments are being made at this time to show that all possible emotions and all shades and gradations of emotion can be expressed by facial action, and that the method of so expressing them can be reduced to a system and taught in a given number of lessons. It seems a matter of question whether one would be likely to make love or evince sorrow any more successfully by keeping in mind all the while the detailed catalogue of his flexors and extensors and contracting and relaxing, number one, two or three according to rule. The human memory is a treacherous thing, and what an enormous disaster would result from a very slight forgetfulness in such a nicely adjusted system. The fatal effect of dropping the superior maxillary when one intended to drop the inferior, or of applying nervous stimuli to the up track instead of the down, can easily be conceived. Art is art after all be it ever so skilful and triumphant, and science is only a slow reading of hieroglyphs. Nature sits high and serene above both, and smiles compassionately on their efforts to imitate and understand. And this brings us to what we have to say about smiling. Do many people feel what a wonderful thing it is that each human being is born into the world with his own smile? Eyes nose mouth may be merely average commonplace features may look taken singly very much like anybody else's eyes nose or mouth let whoever doubts this try the simple but endlessly amusing experiment of setting half a dozen people behind a perforated curtain and making them put their eyes at the holes not one eye in a hundred can be recognized even by most familiar and loving friends but study smiles, observe even in the most casual way the variety one sees in the day, and it will soon be felt what subtle revelation they make, what infinite individuality they possess. The purely natural smile, however, is seldom seen in adults. And it is on this point that we wish to dwell. Very early in life people find out that a smile is a weapon mighty to avail in all sorts of crises hence we see the treacherous smile of the wily the patronizing smile of the pompous the obsequious smile of the flatterer the cynical smile of the satirist very few of these have heard of delsarte but they outdo him on his own grounds their smile is four-fifths of their social stock in trade all such smiles are hideous. The gloomiest, blankest look which a human face can wear is welcomer than a trained smile, or a smile which, if it is not actually and consciously methodized by its perpetrator, has become, by long repetition, so associated with tricks and falsities that it partakes of their quality. What, then, is the fine art of smiling? if smiles may not be used for weapons or masks of what use are they 
that is the shape one would think the question took in most men's minds if we may judge by their behaviour there are but two legitimate purposes of the smile but two honest smiles on all little children's faces such smiles are seen woe to us that we so soon waste and lose them the first use of the smile is to express affectionate good will the second to express mirth why do we not always smile whenever we meet the eye of a fellow being that is the true intended recognition which ought to pass from soul to soul constantly little children in simple communities do this involuntarily unconsciously the honest-hearted german peasant does it it is like magical sunlight all through that simple land the perpetual greeting on the right hand and on the left between strangers as they pass by each other never without a smile this then is the fine art of smiling like all fine art true art perfection of art the simplest following of nature now and then one sees a face which has kept its smile pure and undefined it is a woman's face usually often a face which has trace of great sorrow all over it till the smile breaks such a smile transfigures such a smile if the artful but knew it is the greatest weapon a face can have sickness and age cannot turn its edge hostility and distrust cannot withstand its spell little children know it and smile back even dumb animals come closer and look up for another if one were asked to sum up in one single rule what would most conduce to beauty in the human face one might say therefore never tamper with your smile never once use it for a purpose let it be on your face like the reflection of the sunlight on a lake affectionate good will to all men must be the sunlight and your face is the lake but unlike the sunlight your good will must be perpetual and your face must never be overcast what smile perpetually says the realist how silly yes smile perpetually go to del Sartre here and learn even from the mechanician of smiles that a smile can be indicated by a movement of muscles so slight that neither instruments nor terms exist to measure or state it in fact that the subtlest smile is little more than an added brightness to the eye and a tremulousness of the mouth one second of time is more than long enough for it but eternity does not outlast it in that wonderfully wise and tender and poetic book the layman's breviary leopold scheffer says a smile suffices to smile death away, and love defends thee e'en from wrath divine. Then let what may befall thee still smile on, and however death may rob thee, still smile on. Love never has to meet a bitter thing. A paradise blooms around him who smiles. End of section 26